And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Our first big look at Week 10 injury updates on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Thursday, November 12th. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. It's a Thursday, that means we take a look at the injury front and how things are shaping up. How are you shaping up on this Thursday? I'm well. I am, um, if we still had a probable designation, I'd probably be listed as probable just to keep things on That's the good. up and up, but I'm definitely not in poor enough shape to be listed as questionable, so I'm not on the injury report for week 10 how about you that is beautiful i i'm in the the same boat not on the injury report feeling pretty good excited about uh the start of week 10 tonight with the colts and titans kicking things off on a thursday night football pretty big game actually in the afc south and this is just the first of two meetings for these teams so i've uh, got a feeling that these are going to be games that decide the afc south i for one happen to think the titans are clearly the better team and Maybe they'll start to prove me right tonight. We will uh, we will see that. We will get to that. Really not a whole lot of injury news for that game, so we're not going to talk about that one here. But we are going to talk about Kenyon Drake. In fact, we're going to start the show by talking about Kenyon Drake. He returned to practice, albeit in limited fashion, but back in practice on Wednesday when he first suffered that ankle injury a couple of weeks ago. He had to be carted off the field. Looked like in the moment that could have been a season ender. And then slowly but surely, the news around him has been pretty good. There is a very real chance he plays against the Bills in what uh, is shaping up to be the highest scoring game of the week. At least the over-under suggests that uh, if he does play against the Bills, how are you treating he, him and Chase Edmonds in this one? I could see a pretty ugly timeshare, but I think the thing that's really surprised me, and I'm curious if this is something you already are aware of, Kenyon Drake has only caught seven passes this season. Yeah. I expected him to have a little more of a role in the passing game. Edmonds has been really their pass catching back this season, and if they split carries and Edmonds is the primary pass-catching option, that's more like 60-40 favoring Edmonds. So at this point, I think I trust Edmonds a little bit more. I think he's been better on a per-carry basis. He's got that involvement as a pass-catcher. It's a good enough offense where even a partial running back chair is good enough to start in lineups, probably kind of in the low-end RB2 flex range. Uh, but I think I'm in on Edmonds and holding off on Drake, even though he's trending in the right direction for this week yeah you, you know I, I, and part of me thinks that if they if they put him out there let me say it like this they're not going to put him out there if the, he can't do basically what they normally ask him to do because they're obviously comfortable with Chase Edmonds being a workhorse back and for proof of that you just got to go back to last week against the Dolphins where he got 25 carries and three targets so clearly they are comfortable with Chase Edmonds handling the full workload if he has to I don't think they would want him to do that 14 times in a season but once twice 
I think they're probably comfortable with that. So I don't think they would throw Drake back in to the mix if they didn't feel like he could do what he had done uh, for the first seven games of the season. And what that was was get anywhere between you know 14 and 20 carries in a game, not really be involved in the passing game very much. And so if that were the case, I would feel pretty decent about both these guys. I think we would just revert back to pre-Drake injury when you like Drake pretty much across the board. You felt decent about Edmonds, liked him a little bit better in at least half and certainly in full PPR formats. I think that's where we would end up here once again. And I would actually feel decent about both of them in this matchup because of the fact that it is a game that is expected to be very high scoring. 56 and a half is the over under as of Wednesday evening. And uh, even if it doesn't play all the way up to that, this is going to be a high-scoring game. These are two teams that have played in a lot of high-scoring games this season. We expect them both to play in high-scoring games going forward. Neither defense is one that totally shuts down the opposing offense. This is going to be a nice environment, so I feel pretty good about getting both Drake and Edmonds into my lineups if Drake indeed is able to return in Week 10. One team not playing in Week 10, that would be the New York Jets. They have their bye but when they come out of their bye, some good news actually from the Jets, some sensible news. Maybe that's the big surprise from the New York Jets. Michael P. Ryan, according to Adam Gase, will be the featured back for the remainder of the season. Their first three games after the bye all look like anywhere between decent and good matchups at the Chargers, Miami Dolphins, Las Vegas Raiders in weeks 11, 12, and 13. It's still the Jets, so we can't get super excited. It could still just be a bad offensive environment. But we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday's show, Derek. They're starting to get healthy, and with how bad their defense is, that offense is going to have opportunities to put points on the board. They're going to be forced to have opportunities to put points on the board. LaMichael P. Ryan, I think he could maybe get into the low-end RB2 mix for the rest of the season. Things would have to go well, but I'm interested in having him on my teams. I feel like we talk about this range of players on almost every yeah. episode, but just to you know, kind of paint with a broader brush, that's Chase Edmonds' range, you know, Gus Edwards' range. Like, even though Pirine might have most of that backfield to himself, I think the fact that he appears to be less efficient than those other backs, that's going to keep him in that same range. Like, you look at Edmonds, he can do more per touch. Than P. Ryan. There's a lot more to like about Arizona's offense than there is to like about the Jets' offense. I think the same would apply to even someone like Gus Edwards. I'm just looking at the 25 to 30 range backs in Jake Seeley's rankings for this week to kind of get a feel for what that will usually look like. I think volume is king in fantasy football with running backs. We look at this all the time from a season-long perspective and a DFS perspective. I like those matchups that you mentioned. It's probably coming with like a 3.7, 3.8 yards per carry number the rest of the way. I don't know if he's going to be a lot better than that. I don't think the Michael P. Ryan is the starting running back for the Jets in 2021, but it yeah. doesn't matter because he's got the <laughs> job right now. So yeah, I do think there is RB2 sort of production coming from him because I think we're looking at about 15 carries per game a handful of targets to go along with that. You know, if you kind of project him out for maybe a half TD per game, that's a pretty reasonable sort of projection for a guy taking on that workload. I think this offense getting healthier with Darnold, with Crowder, with Mims, with Perriman, they could be a much better offense down the stretch overall than they have been to this point in the season. You know, I don't know if you were doing this on purpose, but those numbers you were throwing out there, those suppositions and per-game numbers for Michael P. Ryan, you were basically describing Le'Veon Bell in 2019. <laughs> 16 carries a game, a 
2.2 yards per carry for Le'Veon Bell for this Jets team. Uh, he gave you, let's see, five targets per game. Uh, he had five touchdowns or four touchdowns in 15 games, so a little bit less than half a touchdown per game, about a third of a touchdown or a fourth of a touchdown per game. I mean, uh, Piran could do that, right, over the next six weeks, and that was good enough to make Le'Veon Bell a completely volume-based RB2 for the rest of the season. And that's best-case scenario for LeMichael Piran, but volume-based RB2 is still RB2, and with all the running back issues that we've had on the fantasy landscape this season, LeMichael Piran, surprisingly, in this offense, and this player, could be someone who ends up being a, a guy who you're feeling all right about starting uh, more often than not for the back half of this fantasy football season. So uh, someone who was dropped in a lot of leagues, someone who I think you could go after right now if he's available for you. You're never going to feel great about it until you see a couple of good starts out of him, but still someone who definitely remains or now is even firmly more on our fantasy radar for the rest of the season. Uh, let's look at the San Francisco 49ers backfield. They are in New Orleans this this week, they're going to be without Raheem Mostert. Once again, he's already been ruled out because of his knee injury. Tevin Coleman also unlikely to play, so that leaves the backfield once again in the hands of Jarek McKinnon and Jamichael Hasty. This has been a backfield that has been impossible to figure out, a headache to even try to figure out, but last week against the Packers, Jarek McKinnon back in control, 12 carries for 52 yards, scored a touchdown on the ground, also got four targets in that game. It's not going to be pretty. But I think Jarek McKinnon is back in that RB2 range this week. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I thought Hasty could do a little bit more last Thursday against the Packers, but a colossal disappointment. I think he's only going to make a significant impact if he scores on one of his handful of touches or mm -hmm. if McKinnon gets hurt. So it's kind of McKinnon or bust if you're going to go at this backfield. I think you're looking at McKinnon kind of in the dreaded Boston Scott uh, Gio Bernard sort of territory. They run the ball well, but this offense is starting to lose some of its ceiling, right? You've got so many injuries all over the place. Kittle being out changes a lot about San Francisco's offense from a an overall expectations sort of position week in and week out, right? You don't look at that team and go, 24-plus points, totally doable. You take Kittle away, that's a mismatch nightmare they don't have. It really rides on the health of the receiving core and a lot of young players stepping up if they're going to keep this offense as a whole afloat down the stretch. All right, Derek, let's hit on one more running back two situation. It is with the Chargers, and uh, Justin Jackson hasn't been ruled out just yet because of the knee injury that kept him out of the game last week, but uh, Anthony Lynn already saying that Justin Jackson is a long shot to practice, and if we're talking long shot to practice from the coach on Wednesday, probably a long shot also to play on Sunday. Troy Main Pope did clear concussion protocol, returned to practice, so he is looking good for Sunday's game. We have Kalen Balaj, who ran for 69 yards on 15 carries a week ago. Joshua Jackson still in the mix. This is one of the marquee games because of the quarterbacks, right? We've got Justin Herbert and the Chargers taking on Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins in Miami in this one. And not just because of the names, not just because of the excitement around these rookies taken back-to-back -back in this year's draft. It's not just because of that. It's also because of the respective backfield situations. I think there's going to be a lot of throwing, not a lot of running. I really don't want any piece of either of these backfields, frankly. How about you? Yeah, I'm not excited about it. But if I were going to chase a Chargers running back, it is Troy Mayne Pope. Kalen Balaj is back on the practice squad. So... I think now that Pope has cleared the concussion protocol, he's the next guy up if Jackson can't go. And that's really important to keep in mind because Balaj played well in the opportunity. 
to play in week nine. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I, I had no expectation of Kalen Balazs taking touches and being productive with them uh, for the Chargers in week yeah. nine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just an ugly situation, and we got excited about Justin Jackson, and I still would be excited about him if he's able to get back and be healthy in a world where Austin Eckler is still out. We'll have to uh, wait and see if that can be the case, but it's just it's an ugly backfield situation and one that I want no part of this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, Thursdays, give us our good first full look at practice reports. We've got a number of guys who did not practice and a number of guys who did get in limited practices. I'm going to run through the no practice guys and then we'll dive into a couple of the limited practice guys. So first, no practice Kenny Galladay with his hip, Antonio Gibson with the shoulder. That one not too concerning yet, but keep an eye on it. David Johnson in concussion protocol. Sounds like Duke Johnson's going to get the start for the Texans this week. Jerry Judy didn't practice because of a shoulder injury. Didn't bother him at all when he went off for seven catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown last week. But keep your eye on this one over the next couple of days. Debo Samuel still not practicing because of his hamstring injury. Daryl Henderson, remember a couple weeks ago, the Rams last game, he had to leave after getting a thigh contusion. Eight carries for 47 yards in that game before he left. He's going to have two weeks to recover from it so I would still bet on this being good not bad but also another one that we should watch over the next 48 hours or so Damian Harris had an ankle injury to start off the Patriots win over the Jets then also left the game with a chest injury this is one you're going to want to keep an eye on could be a little bit more Rex Burkhead for the Patriots when they return uh, this week Jair Alexander also in concussion protocol so could be good news for the Jaguars passing game if Jair Alexander is unable to go. Limited practice. We've got Miles Sanders with a knee injury. He should be back. Things are looking good for him. Joe Mixon trying to make his way back from the foot injury. Also, things looking good. Good news that those two guys were both able to get in limited sessions on Wednesday after missing a couple of games apiece. Cooper Cup with a wrist injury. Chris Godwin, finger injury. Limited practice, but he had his full complement of work last week. No reason to think that won't be the case this week. Matt Breida 
back at practice. Remember, he was a surprise injury miss last week with the hamstring injury that was suffered in practice. Sterling Shepard dealing with toe and hip issues. Devontae Freeman, his teammate, still dealing with that ankle injury that has kept him out for a couple of games. Noah Fanton and Mark Ingram both back at practice in limited fashion, both dealing with ankle injuries. That slate of limited practice, guys, Derek, which one of those jumps out at you as we think about this happening on Wednesday going into Thursday? You know, Joe Mixon making some progress, certainly encouraging, uh, similar to the Miles Sanders situation, because there are two backs that have been viable temporary fill-ins in Boston Scott and Gio Bernard, who will not be if those guys come back, right? So I think a lot is riding on the kind of progress they make in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, a fan's ankle injury, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about that. Limited to me is obviously good news, but I don't think he's totally out of the woods yet, and he's a player that I think could have a monster second half. I'm really warming up to the idea of this Denver offense beginning to gel in part because their defense just isn't nearly as good as we're accustomed to. They're going to have to air it out more than they want to, and that bodes well for Jerry Judy. It bodes well for Fant. It bodes well for Tim Patrick. Um, So I'm just keeping a very close eye on the health of Noah Fant because he's, I think, a top eight tight end the rest of the way if he's healthy. Yeah, I'll just say a quick word here on Matt Breida. I know I've just uh, talked some trash about both backfields in the Chargers and Dolphins game, but if Breida is able to get back, and I had some other injuries uh, with the teams that are on by this week, I could see Matt Breida working his way into the RB2 mix. Say this about Matt Breida for sure. A, no one really ran away with that backfield a week ago for the Dolphins, and B, if anyone can do what Miles Gaskin has done for the Dolphins this season, Matt Breida is the guy who most closely fits that skill set. So I could talk myself into Matt Breida. I would still be basically having you know, RB25, RB28 sort of expectations for him, but there are situations, there are people out there who RB25, RB28 would look pretty darn good in their lineup. So Matt Breida is someone who I think we should be watching his practice participation on Thursday and Friday, and we will be with you on this show on Thursday and Friday and the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, of course, but we're going to wrap things up here for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. $1 a week, that's all you got to pay to get a subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 to do it. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and enjoy the game tonight.